0: Father, we want to thank you for Jesus as always. Thank you for the wonderful way in which you deal with your people, Father. And we thank you that you are ever present to help us. No matter what our need is in this hour, you are there. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus, that you will reveal yourself today through the word by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this hour. In Jesus name. Amen. You know saying that we live in the very difficult times is an understatement as we see the world deteriorating every day. And I just wanted to emphasize on an aspect of the Bible that speaks about spiritual growth and uh, It may be an odd subject at this time to consider seeing that we have been Christians for a very long time, most of us. But the Lord was emphasizing this message and this morning Karen gave me a piece of paper that just confirmed it. And I was just so grateful to God that He speaks to us in so many different ways. Emphasizing what he wants said. Amen. And we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, not what a man is saying. And so we need to understand spiritual growth in the context of the times that we live in. How do we grow in these difficult times? And then who causes the growth? Because if we don't understand, we will fall back on our lease that is to say our comfort zones and we will try we will attempt to live our Christian walk based on what we knew and not what we know so it's very very important to understand the way spiritual growth is going to take place in the days ahead the attacks on the enemy are increasing and uh, they range from being extremely uh, raw kind of attack to very subtle kind of attacks. And we need to know where we are in this battle and how to keep our faith and grow in it. Amen? So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, come with me to the book of Matthew chapter 13. And we're just going to look at one verse. Matthew 13 and verse 35, that Jesus being speaking to His disciples in parables, and there were a lot of issues raised because of that, but in verse 35 it says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Spiritual growth is dependent on revelation of God's Word by the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. Okay? Any other method is merely intellectualism and academic. It has no value in heaven or on earth. Absolutely no value. You can apply it but you will get no answer because it is not authenticated by the Holy Spirit. Even though it's the word of God, even though it's written down in the Bible. And you can take verses from the Bible and cause it to become something like your pet doctrine or theology. But it has no value unless the Holy Spirit authenticates it, gives it life. Amen? And so we need to understand that spiritual growth is dependent on what the Holy Spirit (laughs) speaks to us. But once revealed, once something is revealed, It is incumbent on us to walk by faith in the Spirit. Amen? Once we have the information, it's alive in us, we know it's the Word of God, we cannot excuse ourselves from walking in faith and in the Spirit. Amen? So if you have been praying and seeking God, say, God I want more revelation, I want to go to the next level, I want to know more about you and you get revelation then it's incumbent on you to walk in that revelation. It may not be uh, entirely uh, visible to you. It might not be entirely known to you, but a portion is given. Amen? A portion is given for you so that you can grow. Spiritual gold. Yesterday I was talking to somebody in Syria. She's a registered nurse working with people in war Syria. She said mental health problems are great, there are all manners of suicides going on, bombs are falling everywhere, but she's out there serving the Lord. And she was reminding me about the anointing on my life, and she said, you know, don't forget the anointing on your life, it's like gold. I said, spiritual gold does not come except through trials and tribulations. 1 Peter 1.7 says, the trials of your faith produces something more precious then go. So if you're considering your life and saying, Why have I been through all these things? Right? And all these difficulties, then you need to understand that it was for a purpose to help you to grow, not to diminish you or to destroy you. Amen? And the enemy, of course, uses such things to come against you, to destroy you, but like God uses such things to lift you up and position you for greatness and for power and for glory and to be with Him. Amen? So, the second thing we need to understand is, along with trials and tribulations, to produce something more than gold, more precious than gold, and to grow spiritually, it comes with timing. Amen? You cannot receive the entirety of what God has planned for your life in an instant, because if that that happens, you're going to explode, amen? So you need to understand that when God speaks, He may give you an end picture, but He doesn't tell you the journey, like He spoke to Joseph and showed him two dreams about how great he's going to become, but Joseph had no idea of the kind of journey he was going to go on, and he lived a terrible life for 17 years. And one could have easily said, God, where are you? Why aren't you working in my situation? But he didn't say any of those things because he knew who God is and what God had spoken. Amen? And, you know, I, I commend Joseph because I know how weak I am. And I go back and I question God. And I say, God, where are you? Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you doing this thing Sisters, be patient. My grace is sufficient for you. And this trial is of me you to grow and become stronger so then you get timing when timing comes into play it causes a waiting Amen. and you're in a big hurry you want to get to this place this end place that God has shown and revealed but you can't get there till God has authorized you to move forward okay the second thing is that when revelation comes it is not given in its entirety as I said No matter who you are in Christ Jesus, no matter how much you've done for Him, right? No matter how many results you produce for the kingdom of God, you still don't know what is coming next. Because it's only when He reveals it to you. So, what happens is that many people mistake this and they go ahead of God and they fall into trouble. The reason God does this is because they are safeguards. Amen? These are safeguards in God's methods. To preserve us by other means. So I'm not going to read these passages, but you can take it down if you take you notes. Know, Psalm 25, 21. Psalm 40, 11, And Psalm 61, 7. Psalm 25, 21. 40, 11. And 61, 7. So here we are, we have received a portion of information, we know our Christian walk to the extent that it has been revealed to us, and God, in spite of that, preserves us, okay, this is the word,
1: preserves us,
0: even though we do not have full knowledge. In other words, don't attempt to preserve yourself with the knowledge that you have. Okay? Hand it over to God and say, God, I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But I laid my life down at your feet. You take it up. I'm not going to take it up. Amen? And God begins to do a wonderful, wonderful work when we are submitted and yielded in His hand. I once asked the Lord, I said, God, how is it possible for a tender plant to grow in the forest Seeing that it is open to the weather and to all manners of evil around it, he said, "Son, have a look at the forest." And I said, "Yes, I see the forest." So what do you see? I said, "I see the trees, all the big trees." He said, "They were all tender plants once." Right? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, it's a simple thing. It's a simple equation. We don't we don't look at those things at the ways of the Lord, that He preserves us, He keeps us, He keeps us from falling, He keeps us from being attacked by the enemy, He keeps us in all sorts of manners and situations that we cannot keep ourselves from. Amen? So spiritual growth is not about you, you know, uh, pushing out something and making it happen, it's about you resting in the Lord. Amen? And then God begins to move. God brings angels, to minister to you. You know, Jesus was ministered to by the angels in this desperate, desperate situation. You don't know the kind of people that will come into your life in your in your most difficult situation and they'll just drop a word, or they might you know say some, drop off something for you. And 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 it changes your life. It's a, a right person at the right time saying the right thing or doing the right thing, and it, it is an intervention in a very, very difficult so many people have said I was on my way to commit suicide. And then God sent somebody and said a word. And then I changed my mind. And then I did and today I'm here, yeah, I'm a servant of the Lord, I'm traveling and preaching the gospel. And that's how God works. Because if you don't understand that you know uh, you you don't have to push, that's what you're going to do, you're going to push. And we've got to relax, we've got to let the Lord handle the situation for us. Amen? When we are able to understand that God works through all of these matters, then we can wait on the Lord and not press ahead without wisdom, and without understanding, and without knowledge. These are the three building blocks of a building. Amen? Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Proverbs 24 speaks about how a building is built. Okay? And, and no building is built in a moment. It is all built progressively over a period of time. And God is building us over a period of time, progressively bringing us into a place that He has prepared for each one of us. Amen. And collectively, He will gather the entire amount of His harvest upon the earth into one place in Christ Jesus. When the time is ready, when we are perfected in Christ, then He will bring us in together. Now, some of us have died and gone. Before us and they are waiting for that gathering too so together the Jews and the Gentiles and all of us who have died in Christ Jesus and those who are alive in Christ Jesus right now will be caught up in Christ hallelujah and so we will be one with him forever and ever this is the end goal so Wherever you are in your Christian faith, whatever maturity level you are in your Christian faith, it is irrelevant to God because He has perfected you, ready to go and be with Him forever. You might not have reached the level of some other anointed person in the world. You might not have raised the dead. You might not have done miracles, signs and wonders. But if you have done the will of God, amen, if you have done the will of God, You are in the right position at the right time to be taken up into heaven with him. A house is progressively built. But during the building process and after the house is built, we must recognize the lordship of the builder. Amen? I've seen so many Christians, you know, they make a big mistake at this point. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to look at a couple of verses. Hebrews chapter 3. Verses 3 and 4. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, talking about Jesus. Inasmuch as he who had built the house had more honor than the house, for every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God." So, what happens with Christians is after they come to Christ, after they have been given a certain amount of spiritual growth, and they begin to understand the ways of the Lord a little bit, they disengage themselves from the world and what they do is they deviate from the truths of the world they go ahead in front of the holy spirit not waiting for the holy spirit they fall into sin they live a dual lifestyle thinking it's okay one leg in the world and one with the lord they attempt to falsify and justify their existence based on what they have understood about the world. And some never admitted that they are wrong. Recently we have come across a situation in New York where this man of God has fallen 6,000 people in the church. Well-known church. Many years he's been going well and then he goes and has his affair with this woman and falls. But what was he building? That was the question. Because now an investigation is going on about what he was building and what was he doing? You see when you get into a popular world, when you get into popular situations and you follow a man, you cannot grow. What is actually happening is you're being diminished in the presence of this man. You're being diminished in the sight of God because now you're accolade and your eyesight is upon a man, not on Jesus. They have the form of godliness. They present godliness to you. They present godly worship to you, but it is not of God. So discernment in the last days in knowing how the Holy Spirit is working in a particular situation, in a particular church, in a particular person, we need to understand that. Otherwise, what happens is we disengage ourselves from the Word and from the life of the Word to listen to someone else. While I was preparing this message, I was reading a passage that I wanted to include into this passage, into the message today. And as I kept reading it and and I included it and I was looking at it, I felt there was something wrong about it. So I said, "Let me do some studies on it," and I went and studied it. And I realized that the information that I had gleaned from that particular passage was erroneous. It was not saying what I thought it was saying. It looked good. Mm. It looked like what I wanted it to look like, perhaps. But it was not saying. That. Mm. And so when I investigated. My thought pattern and what I was trying to put into the message, I realized I was making a mistake presenting that particular message. And that's what I mean by disengaging yourself from the word. Okay? And so you need to be very careful about the kind of word you bring, the kind of word you give someone, the kind of prophecy. Today, read today's teaching letter. It's on what is the aspect of prophecy, and how is it governed in the body of Christ and in the sight of God. Right? Very important to understand because we are living in such times. So, don't disengage yourself from the Word. Meditate upon the Word. Spend time with the Word. Before you begin to bring something out. Then you will grow. Now why did the Holy Spirit show me that? Because all these years I had believed something about that passage which was not true. And so it is getting to be a time now when you and I cannot afford to walk in our familiar path. Because God has removed the cords of familiarity from our Christianity And He is causing us to come to that place where we will depend upon Him entirely. And He is disengaging. So, what we are seeing in the world (coughs) is a lot of falling away from the church. A lot of so-called Christianity going on. Wrong houses being built. People who say they are Christians are not actually turning out to be Christians. And we have to stop, and we say, what is God doing? How do I grow in the midst of all this? Has it got to do with confusion, and why is it there? His reason is because it has to do with confusion, because we have alienated the head from the church. We have alienated Jesus from the church. And when we do that, we speak death to the body. You see, when you cut off the blood supply of the Lamb, Jesus, to the body, and you say, I don't need Jesus anymore. I have Him as a representation, that's fine. But I don't need Him anymore. He doesn't need to govern the church, the way I run the church, or where we do worship, or any of those things. He doesn't need to govern it. We can do it. And what you're doing is cutting off the blood supply to the rest of the body. Okay? And when you start doing that, what happens is, the body starts to fall sick and die. I got news yesterday that somebody said, oh, you know, the church we used to go to in Melbourne, it's closed up. Just like that. No reason, nothing. And I said, really? So, you know, you know, you've got to stop. You've got to stop and ask yourself, how are you building What are you building in your own life and in the church? So Paul talks about this in Colossians chapter 2, 18 to 20. We'll have a quick look at that. Colossians chapter 2, verse 18 to 20. He says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angels, intruding, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body of joints and bands have nourishment ministered and lived together, increased with the work, increased with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as you are living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? So he says in verse 19, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands have nourishment, Amen? And the unity and the knitting together is by the head, the Spirit of God working in the church. Declaring Jesus Christ as the Lord, head of the church, till we acknowledge that, till we make him Lord, till we say, Yes, Lord, I bow my knee to you. And you are the Lord of the church, not me, not a denomination, not a pastor, not an individual, not some fancy system, but Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 to 9. Your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with a leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the leavened, unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an episode, not to company with fornicators. You know, how many fornicators are there in the world today? <laughs> not to accompany with fornicators. He's not talking about the people of the world. He's talking about the people in the church mm. who are fornicating. The situation it was, it, 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 in New York that happened to that master was fornication. Right? So, what is happening to the body of Christ is that they said we can walk in this manner, disregarding the head, disregarding what the head says, and we don't care. I mean, so 6,000 people are being led astray by one man. And you multiply that around the world and see how many thousands of people who are going to churches where pastors and leaders and other people in ministry are not walking in the world, not only in fornication, but in other things that are error. We have to stop. We have to say, have, have we lost the way? Right. And, you know, we are at the point, at the very point of something huge happening in America. At this very point. That is going to shake the world and it's going to shake the Christian world. It already has. Okay, it already has. It's causing a huge split and a huge division in understanding of whether we have been walking with God or not walking with God. And God is silent on the matter. See, Paul says, the worshipping of angels, he says, they have not seen. I said, hang on a second. How can they have not seen the angels and say that they have seen the angels? Well, that's exactly what they're doing right now. Yeah. It's exactly what they're doing right now. So who are they seeing? And who are they listening to? And what voice is talking to them? And we like, you know, fish warning that feed or keep our mouth open. So that we can grab whatever is coming from up there. No. The very Christ lives in you and me. He can speak to you through the Holy Spirit. He can guide you. He can show you. Because you are putting the effort in to know Him. Therefore spiritual growth has to do with submitting to the head of the church. See, it is my greatest sadness to see that people are not willing to accept the sovereignty of God. By this I mean that they are trying to manipulate God to change their circumstances and situations in life and say that if this is not good enough, you need to do better than this. The Jews did that to God, when they came into the wilderness, they said "Oh, this is not good enough, the manna from heaven is not good enough, the fire by night is not good enough, the pillar of cloud by day is not good enough, we want to go back to Egypt. So they started to moan and groan and complain and mutter. And God got angry. And God destroyed most of them. And this is what's happening to the body of Christ today is that we are not bowing to the sovereignty of God. We're not bowing to the plan of God. We're not saying, God, we thank you for this plan that you have us in right now, as difficult as it is, as we we even don't understand, but we know that you will preserve us. Right? And in the preservation, you will teach us how to trust you. So trusting God in difficulty is growing spiritually. Because once you've been through a battle, Uh, and you have trusted God the next battle is not going to be as difficult because you know what to do it may even be seven times caught up the next battle but you know what to do because he brought you through the first one so if he brought you through the first one he's going to bring you through the second one if it is his will if it is his will but what we try to do is manipulate it and say, look, you need to get us out of this battle, otherwise I'm going to die. He said, yeah, well, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the one who knows what's going to happen to you. You don't know what's going to happen to you. Right? Until we trust God and know how to pray and discern what the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying to us, we will head the wrong direction. We will try to do things in our own strength and we will fall away from the word, what the word is saying. So how do we accept the sovereignty of God? Simply accept the word. Simply accept the commandments. This is the way walking in it. You will hear a voice, Mary, you say, this is the way walking in it. No, why should I go down this path, God? It leads to death. He says, no, son, that leads to life. He said, no, God, it looks like death. He said, in the natural it looks like death, but in the spiritual it is life. God God gets a hold of Apostle Paul, and and he's in chains in the castle, and Jesus walks in, and he says to him, son, you are going to Rome. He says, how am I going to Rome? I'm in chains. (laughs) Right? I'm a prisoner of the Romans. He said, no, you're going to Rome. The gospel you preached here, you're going to preach in Rome. So that's the end of it. Goodbye. And he leaves. That's in Acts 23. By Acts 26, Paul's on a ship. The ship's at They break the ship. The, the storm breaks the ship. He lands upon Malta. A snake bites him. He is not bothered Because the word came. The word came to him. And he accepted the word, he bowed down to the sovereignty of the word, he received the instruction and the commandment of Jesus, and he said, no, I will go to Rome. You and I will go to heaven. Amen? We will go to heaven if we accept the sovereignty of God. And I'm telling you, the times that are coming are going to be even harder. It's going to be even more mind-boggling as to what you and I should do to be in the right place at the right time. And you know, don't try to preserve yourself. Let God preserve you. Don't read those passages I gave you. God will preserve you through His mercy and His truth. God will preserve you through His favor and His love. God is always there on our case because we are always on His case. Amen? We are always on his case. saying, God, we have become a Christian. We are a son, we are your daughter. How about it? And he says, don't worry, trust me, I'll take you through this. And we can't handle it because we live in flesh and we are finding it difficult. See, many have tried to set up their own Christian life based on the knowledge of the Bible. Or someone else's knowledge of and, and And we can't live like that. I don't, I don't have any problem with visions and dreams and any of those things because I have a lot of them. But I always take that back to the Lord. I always go to the Lord and I say, show it to me in the Word, confirm it to me, wait on the Lord. But if you don't wait on the Lord, what happens is you run with what you think you saw, you run with what you think you know, and you fall into a pit. And time and time again, I've had so many people. You know, when we first came to the hospital six years ago, people started saying, you know, I saw this vision of you. You're the man for this season. You're the man for this area. I, I, and you did this and you did that. I said, well, great, man. I said, why don't you get up and testify to the church that what you saw. Next day, they leave the church. Half a year later, they leave the church. But if I'm the man, hang on a second. If I'm the man for the season, why are you leaving the church? See, it doesn't make sense. So I don't listen to them. Or I've had maybe half a dozen to a dozen people tell me this in the last six years. I said, no, all right, put that it aside. I not interested. But none of them are here in the church. None of them. How can you run with something that is not confirmed in your life, that is not authorized by the Holy Spirit, that has not been put in place by you? It cannot. You cannot walk in any other way other than what the Holy Spirit has said. You cannot grow unless you bow your knees to Jesus and accept his sovereignty and begin to receive his revelation. That's why he speaks his parables. He said, so that you will know and they won't know. So you might know, the rest of the church won't know. And when you take the steps that you do, they still won't know. Because God has not revealed it to them. And you are all alone. And you've got to take the steps in front of your brothers and sisters. Exactly what happened to Peter on the, on the rooftop. And he got this knit of his sheep with animals in it and a voice saying, rice, kill and eat. And, and, and he said, no, 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 I don't, I don't eat anything unclean. He said, no, they don't call them unclean, and I call them clean. You're going to the Gentiles, and you're going to preach the gospel to them. Now he's not alone. he's the only one who had the mission. How is he going to face his fellow man? That's what the Bible says. He feared his fellow man. But he bowed his knees to Jesus. And he said, okay. He has confirmed it. Over and over again, I'm going. My friends, the last days are going to require you to submit everything to Jesus. Otherwise, they will take you for a ride. The visions and dreams will take you for a ride. The prophecies will take you for a ride. Because they're not coming from God. Only some of them are coming from God. And you need to be discerning in the last days. And because of this, many have made shipwreck of their faith. I love that word that Paul uses in the Bible. Shipwreck of your faith. It means total and utter destruction of your faith. Nothing left. You have no faith left. And what did Jesus say? When I come back to the earth, will I find faith? See, we have to live in a time when spiritual growth is changing and it's not like what it used to be. Okay, attending church on a Sunday morning. The rest is a big living like the devil. Then coming back on Sunday, raising your hand and worshiping the Lord. Forget it. That doesn't work anymore. People can see through all that rubbish now. Much more than before. And so they are not willing to accept what is not coming of the truth. Even the world is not willing to accept what is not truth. So they are fighting tooth and nail for their rights. Because they are saying this is not the way a man should treat another man. They're fighting for their rights. Why? Because they say that's not truth. That's not the way it is. It's meant to be. So if they can do it, why can't we? Why can't we stand for the truth with between ourselves and in the body of Christ and say this is not from God or this is from God because discernment comes. God gives us the understanding. All spiritual growth is dependent on revelation by Jesus through the Holy Spirit And with understanding, it becomes the lamp, it becomes the light to our feet, to our path. We can see, okay, it's only one step that I can see, I'm going to take it because I trust God. Okay, and then when you take that step, God honors your faith. Hallelujah. Where are we today in the body of Christ? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. What is God prepared? What is God illuminating? What is God showing us? And why is He talking to us the way He's talking to us? God is taking His time to build His habitation. He is the builder, He is the planner, He is the designer. The building is our soul and our spirits. We are the temple, the local body church, the worldwide church. We're all aspects of His plan. If God decides to give you a ministry and He says, go out into all the world and preach the gospel, and He says, you are an evangelist, you know, we, we, God, not only puts that anointing on you, He causes people to recognize that anointing on you. So that you do not go in your own strength. And there is a process of learning. There's a process of submitting and yielding. Everything comes at a price. There's a cost to accepting the ways of the Lord. Amen? And Jesus is telling us now, listen, I'm building you up for my habitation. In Psalm 127, 1, he says, except the Lord build, we will build in vain. We will build in vain. The processes of building anything, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your family, whether it's the church, whether it's a vision God has given you, You know every single one of them will face trials and tribulations and usually it will be much beyond our capacity to handle. Usually. The reason for that is God wants to be the one who brings the resolution to your situation. You know why marriages are where they are today, most of them? It's because there's no agreement. You know what the agreement is about? What you need is agreement not between yourselves. The agreement must be that Jesus Christ is Lord. That you and I are not the authority on how marriage is conducted. If we can love someone else and not love our wife or our husband, we've already lost the plot. I often tell people you know, you seem to love the sinners more than you love the saint. How is it that you criticize the church, but you go all out and fall yourself upon a sinner? Oh, forgive this poor person who is living in sin, you know, they don't know anything. Else. But the saint, you neglect. You neglect the house of God. To build it up and strengthen it and be there for someone in the house of God who is going through difficulty. You cannot do that. Jesus came for the lost sheep of Israel. That is his house. He said, I did not come for everybody, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. We, We have to learn the processes of building. You cannot build in a day. You cannot build a marriage in a day. You cannot build a church in a day. You cannot build a vision in a day. It takes time, and if there's trials, there's tribulations, there's tears, there's heartache, there's pain, there's all manners of whipping and stripping going on the whole time while this process is happening. You know, and he said, "God, what are you doing?" He said, "I'm building my house." So we must depend on God. Submit to Him every step of the way. You know, there are so many times that people take steps that God has told them to take. And they have taken it out in faith. Only to discover that they are now in a pit of darkness. And they don't know whether they have heard God at all. They don't know if they have heard God at all. How can it be God? Because everybody else is jeering at you. Everyone else is telling you you've missed it. Everybody else is telling you that you've made a mistake. And God has told you, no, you go in this direction and then he's gone. And then you are in darkness. He took the woman to hell. Maybe Baxter. For 40 nights, every night. Jesus came in the night, took her to hell. And showed her hell and what was going on in hell. And one time on one of these trips, he left her in hell and disappeared. She was there supposedly for three nights. And she experienced all the torture of hell and all the demonic activity that was against her, and she kept crying out to God, but there was no answer. You know, Have you been abandoned in your answer-seeking? Have you sought answers from God and He has not answered you? He has not spoken to you at all? He has not told you what to do? He has left you in a situation, in a scenario that you are finding extremely hard to handle? How many times has that happened? You say, what is it about? It's about spiritual growth. It's about trust. It's about letting God be God. After three days, he came and picked her up. Took her out of heaven. My friends, your soul shall not suffer in heaven. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Right? Your soul will not suffer in heaven. I don't care what you're going through today. I don't care how bad it is or how impossible it may seem to you that you're going to get an answer or not. God has not abandoned you. God has not. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. It looks like that. This morning I was listening to some worship music and I just went into the spirit and I started weeping and I just started telling the Lord, God, you have not left me. You're right here. You're right here. He is here. It looks terrible. It looks bad. Everybody else is jeering and laughing at you and wondering saying, Oh, you're going down the wrong way, mate. You don't know, do you know what we're doing? And sometimes it's right, sometimes it's a good counsel, sometimes or most times I would say it's not. But when you trust the counsellor, when you listen to the person whom God has appointed to be your partner in the journey, your co-worker in the journey, you need to listen. You need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to that person. Because it's not always what Jesus comes up and says to you and face to face. Even though you demand it of him, he might send a donkey. He might send someone else to tell you. It's still Jesus, except He's not coming to you directly. Amen? So there are processes to the building, every day, in your marriage, in your family, in your church, in your vision, whatever it is. I'm building a vision right now, and there's a process. It's a huge vision, and I'm processing it. And there are trials associated with it, but now I'm a lot smarter because I've lost a lot more hair. You know, I'm a lot smarter now. Okay, that I'm not rushing into it. I know the trials and I say, okay, God, you're building the vision. I don't even know if this is 100% you or not, but I know there's the elements of the trace elements of your presence. And I'm building it in prayer. I'm building it in perception. I'm building it in meditation. I'm building it upon the word. He say, show me At my age, in my situation, whether I can handle this. And I keep telling my body, you're going to listen to the Lord. And you're going to listen to me because you're going to finish your destiny. Highest pain, glory. Pain or no pain, disease or no disease, sickness or no sickness. Whether I have money or I don't have money, I don't care. I'm going to finish this destiny. And when I go, it will be the right time, not before that. Hallelujah. There is a process, my friends. Don't get discouraged. It's always a test of our faith and our relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus and the apostles themselves, they stepped around God's instructions and found themselves in darkness. They found themselves in great difficulty, including Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. story then came his disciples and said unto him knows thou that the pharisees were offended after they heard this saying now before this passage uh, he had been speaking to them in parables and he's telling them things that you know they did not understand and he said you guys don't understand anything so i'm just not going to talk to you anymore and they got offended so that's when the disciples came and told him what he said. They said in verse 12, But didn't read after that. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted out Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. God, Jesus had been saying things that that nobody had heard from before the foundations of the earth. When he turned up on the earth, 4,000 years of the earth had already existed. The Pharisees were there, the temple was there, the ordinances of God were there, all the testimonies of what God did for the Jews were there. But he came and he started speaking in parables, and he spoke and he gave utterances of truth and revelation that they had never known or understood. And he said, that is why I am speaking to you this way. That's why I'm speaking to you this way. He said, God, I followed your instruction and here I am, the Pharisees are offended against me because I spoke of word. Good, you have achieved what I wanted you to achieve. You see, the cost is always on us. But Jesus bore the cross, on you. the cost on the cross. What you and I are carrying is a very small portion of what he carried. Very, very small, insignificant in the scheme of things, insignificant. You and I will never be able to carry what he carried. That's why he was chosen. We have seen the outlandish behavior of God through the Bible. You know, and it absolutely denies our senses. Absolutely. Why would you do what you're doing, Lord? This doesn't make sense. And that's when you begin to know who God is. That's when you begin to grow. That's when your spiritual growth takes shape. that's when you put aside your offenses that's when you say okay God is teaching me love God is teaching me truth God is teaching me a way that I've never known before go to the cross and die on the cross like a shameful beggar and a robber and a thief because through that I'm going to save the world (laughs) come on it doesn't make sense that's why most of the world doesn't believe, because they say this is ridiculous, this is foolishness. But we know, not only because it is written in the Bible, because the One who saved us came to us and manifested Himself to us. I'm watching that movie, risen. I love that movie. George gave it to me. I keep watching excerpts of it from the YouTube. And there's this one scene that I keep watching the whole time. And the centurion is now sitting with Jesus. He had killed Jesus. And now this, he's sitting with Jesus. And Jesus is looking at him after the resurrection. And he said, now what is it that you fear most, centurion? You see, that is a question you've got to ask yourself. What do you fear most? That after all the years of your serving the Lord that it will be not true? Because I can tell you when you question God in your situation, that's what you are saying to him That you cannot get me out of this And he says I'm risen. I'm risen. What more proof do you want? See, we cannot settle on the foundational truths of the Bible. That's why we go looking for something else. And usually end up in trouble. And then when we get tired of the way God deals with his people, we go and look for someone else to help us. God behaves in the way he wants to behave. He's, he's outlandish. I go to a meeting, and he picks up this really huge woman, and he throws her three feet in the air. No one near her. I'm not there. Picks her up, throws her three feet up in the air, and slams her on the ground. Now is that outlandish? <laughs> yes. That is. I don't know what it's about. But she knows, because she gets up, after the meeting comes to me and says, God spoke to me. Never seen anything like that in my life. So, you know, what I'm trying to say to you is the days that we are going to face, in the days ahead, you're going to see both sides, you're going to see the outlandish behavior of God, and you're going to see the outlandish behavior of the devil. discouraged because god is a warrior and he's building his church he said i will build my church god is speaking to us you know to, through the holy spirit and, and when he when he's putting spirituality on flesh flesh has to die flesh has to die it's impossible for flesh to stay in the presence Of the Spirit of God and say I'm still alive. No, you're dead. Impossible. It's only Spirit. It's only Spirit that is living today. Always has been. Flesh is only an add-on for the moment. So we need to get into the Spirit. When we get into the Spirit, you're safe. You're walking with God. And God tells us through Jesus what we need to know. We need to listen. I think the Lord is calling the church back to Him. To listen to Him. And you know what that does? When we listen, it brings the necessary adjustments to our faith. What we thought we knew, we no longer know or understand because now the Holy Spirit has given new meaning to it. He's taken out and uprooted what you and I once knew. So he did that to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He turned up on the earth. He uprooted their entire system of the law. It's shocking. I mean, we're talking thousands of years of religion just removed in one instance. And he says something to them like, love thy neighbor as you love yourself no, what is that what is that oh i don't like that person in the church you know they're okay they got an anointing and all that but i don't like that person in the church the law says if that person sins they terminate their life stone them to death. And Jesus came and said, now, no more story. Grace. So no, what is that? What is grace? See, do you and I understand? or Are we condemning people who are close to us, who we don't like, and putting them in a place where we stone them with our words? Right? Ask yourself then. The, this thing brings the necessary adjustments to our faith and even if we make mistakes, when we admit that we'll, it will rectify the problem through repentance and humility. That is spiritual growth. When I can repent and when I can humble myself, I grow. Because now it's easier for me to do it. So the next time I make a mistake, that's the first thing I do. That's the first thing I do. And it works, it works every time. Though the shame of it may not go away straight away, but at least, it restores the situation, resets. I have discovered over the years that living with God as my guide, as my high priest, my judge and savior have all different applications. and key, you cannot treat God in the same way when you're talking to the high or the judge or the savior, he's different. There's different rules, different ramifications, consequences, behavioral patterns, and conversations. They're different. I've discovered it. So my spiritual growth is dependent on how I value his many offices and consider them in the light of how he reveals them. Whereas if I push ahead on my own office and gifts, I will Spiritual growth is designed as a journey that is tested along the way. There are great dangers ahead. Doctrines and all manners of false gospels and three prophets are coming up these days. They're lying to us and I've decided I'm not going to listen to any of them. If at all I'm going to listen to any of them, it's to find an error, not to find the truth. Because if the truth is going to come to me, it has to come in the form of Jesus. It has to come in the form of Jesus. So I did not give my life to Jesus for that reason. Though from the age of five, both the internalization of his spirit and the words of God to me through my mother and others, did not change me. I was convicted. I was waiting on the Lord. I was I was saying no. And I got, became a drug addict and an alcoholic because of it. And I went into the world and I said, no, I'm not going to give. My mother and father became Pentecostals. I said, no, they're going to rip you off, man. Those Pentecostals in India, they're going to rip you off. They not want to know. Because I was so scared of religiosity and religion. I said, if God is going to come to me and save me, he's going to save me himself. But I, I was not uh, far gone and I'm starting to become mad. And then he appeared. And my bedroom wall disappeared. And Jesus was standing there, looking at me. I still did not give my life to the Lord. He spoke to me as Father God and said, I love you. Why do you think I don't love you? I still did not give my life to the Lord. Then finally one day, He said, if you don't accept me now, you're dead. Physically and spiritually. I got saved in the waters of baptism because Took three attempts of God, three manifestations of God, to get to me. That's how strongly I was rejecting what was not of God, but I didn't know that I was rejecting what was of God. Let us not make that mistake. And God comes and speaks. Know it is God, because you are His child. And He is your Father. And He said that my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. He will never lead you astray. Trust Him. No matter what comes your way. Amen. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you. That you are an ever present help in time of need. And there is nothing in this world that you have not overcome. And for us, it must be a revelation. So today I ask you that you release to us the spirits of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus and what it is that you have done with him and through him. That we might receive what we need in this hour. And that we might expand and enlarge and grow in the spirit. This is your desire for us. And whether we finish it in full knowledge or not, our journey, let it be guided by your spirit. Let it be protected by your blood. And let it be infused with the power of the Holy Ghost. That we might fulfill our destiny with joy. And we bless you this day in Jesus' name. And we bless everyone in Jesus' name. Amen.